Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions this afternoon. Uh, The way to get on the air is to call me, 303-690-3000, is the number, and uh, we take your calls and your questions there, uh, encouraged in the Lord. Uh, what does he want to accomplish in our lives? You know, just uh, just such a great opportunity uh, to grow in grace together. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Text me at 720 uh, and we would love to uh, answer anything uh, via text if you're in a safe place. Um, so give us a call, 303-690-3000. Hey, we just started a brand new Bible study uh, here at Calvary in the book of Genesis, and we'd love to have you be a part of it. Um, just download our free app. Go to your app store, put my name in there, Ed Taylor. Uh, should pop up our church app. You can connect there. Turn on notifications. Excuse me. We use that for uh, communicating all sorts of things from our church life and our services. Uh, and we can connect with you and remind you and encourage you. So we're only two studies into Genesis. Um, and, you know, my I, I'm not the sharpest knife in the block when it comes to science. So we're definitely not taking a deep dive scientifically, but I appreciate men that have gone before me uh, that have helped me formulate some scientific basis um, on creation. We just finished chapter one. Well, excuse me. We just finished the second study in verse one, just a real broad introduction, and then we'll jump into the rest of the book. And then on the weekends here at Calvary, we're in the book of Acts. And so it's a really great uh, services where, you know, on Genesis, we're getting the origin of God, who God is, our origin story in our lives, right? The origin of life itself and creation. And then on the weekends, we're getting the origin story of the church. So it's kind of like who we are and then how does God want us to live out our lives in the world uh, at the same time? And it's, it's a, it wasn't planned that way. Uh, you know, we don't plan, I don't plan my messages or books out, you know, ahead of time, just praying, especially with the last two years, how hard it's been, uh, just really reminding at least, you know, I'm not responsible for every church, but I do have a responsibility for our church family. Uh, and, and then it gets broadcast on the radio and such. So it's kind of cool, but, uh, welcome everyone. This is Calvary live. I want to welcome everyone in the radio by grace. Uh, network, you guys are listening live as well as the Grace FM network. You guys are listening live, and then Hope FM, Truth FM, Higher Rock Radio, and other stations that have picked us up. 
throughout the the last few months um, or years. We want you to know you're listening to this one week delayed. But all that means is you call the show uh, while it's on the air. You talk live to the host, just like we're on the phone together. And then the following week, you get to go and tune in to your radio station and hear yourself on the radio. That's all. So you guys on the app, you guys on uh, on streaming, you're also live. Uh, so give us a call, 303-690-3000. We're going to head out to Wisconsin. Uh, Terrence, welcome to the program. Hello. Um, hey, Terrence. Hi. Um, hi, you're on the air. So, yeah, my question is one that I've been raised with for you know pretty much my whole life and it worries me nowadays a lot more than it did when i was young but uh those who go to heaven uh and people here on earth that they knew and they did that didn't make it will they be able to remember them or will god purged the lost from their memories? That's a great question, you know, because the Bible tells us that when we are in the eternal state, you know, we're in the presence of Jesus, that we're going to know even as we're known. And so there's going to be a fullness of addition and restoration to our minds and our memories, and it's going to be a an existence and experience that we don't currently have. It's going to a perfect mind perfect memory. But when it relates to the past, and especially past pains and hurts, things related to sin, uh, I I think, so the Bible doesn't have like a specific verse that would address this, but if you put some pieces together, I think that it is highly likely that our past sinful, painful memories will be forgotten. Uh, that will be set aside. And one of the reasons I believe that is, according to Revelation 21, in verse 4, it speaks of Jesus wiping, or it speaks of God wiping away our tears, uh, and there'll be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain, because old things have passed away. So somehow, I think there's going to be a clarity of mind where, you know, I, we only live linearly, right? We think of present, past, and future, Uh past, present, future. And and so we kind of think in that way because that's how we live. But we're going to enter into a new dimension, a new way of living, a new relationship, a new existence, uh, the restored existence, a sinless existence. And I just think that God's going to wipe away not only the tears, but he's going to cleanse our minds of memories and thoughts and things that um, would involve people. sin, pain, sadness. And people... Well, I, I think that if there are people that would bring us pain, you know, like I think you the way you pose the question to the screener is, uh, you know, those that maybe uh, are in hell. Yeah, because um, I, I, mean, I, I care about people and yeah. the thought of forgetting them just keeps me up at night. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, you know, I think that our, our minds being active just thinking that we're going to have people we love no longer a part of us. I mean, that's a, that's a natural, that's a natural response. But I I think that another way to, to think about it that might help your sleep 
you know, might help you give, give you a piece is a, cu- a couple of thoughts to insert, you know, one, you're going to receive something greater. You know, if we, lo- if we focus on what we lost, then we're going to be very discouraged. It's, it's a discouraging to focus and, and merely, you know, apply our minds to everything that we lost or the pain of what could be instead of, instead of putting our minds on what could be in the Lord, right? He said, Paul, even on earth, had to learn how, in Philippians, he had to learn how to forget those things that are behind and press forward to those things that are up ahead. Um, and that's one thought. And then a the second thought is, when you're in the presence of Jesus Christ, when you and I are in the presence of Christ, we will agree with all the decisions that God has ever made. We won't have the kind of resistance, rebellion. We, we won't have the kind of, we, we won't have the second guessing or the things that are touched and tainted by sin here on earth. When we're in the presence of God, we will fully agree with every righteous, holy decision that He's ever made. All right. Thanks okay. for calling, brother. Oh, you're still there. Yeah, okay, thanks for thank calling, you. Terrence. Bless oh. you, brother. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. It's a real uh, probing question, uh, and it is challenging. It's challenging on this side, as I was speaking to a precious family in our fellowship recently who experienced loss, and they just weren't sure if uh, the person had ever committed their life to Jesus or not. And and it does add a layer of pain. It does. All right, let's come back now to Denver, Colorado. Valerie, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Um, I Hi, wanted Valerie. to actually ask for um, prayer. <laughs> I feel okay. a little bit like a broken record over the last month. I've uh, called in once um, a couple weeks ago, um, or maybe like three weeks ago, and Pastor Jeff prayed for my husband. Um, he had left for the um, the first time, and then in the couple weeks after that, my husband left um, a second time, uh, which was mm-hmm. longer. Um, he came back, and um, and I've even um, um, sent a, a prayer request to the church um, per, okay. to pray for him and for us. And and so anyway, when I heard you come on the radio today, I just wanted to just call. Um, it's we're we've just been going through a season of difficulty in our marriage. Okay. And um, and I just wanted to, he's currently not here again, and I just wanted to um, pray just with you personally to ask for the restoration of my marriage. Um, strength, obviously, uh, for me, I'm still, um, you know, standing firm um, in God's Word and keeping my vows to God and my vows to my Good. husband. Um, but I, and I also just want to pray for him as well. So, thank you. Father, I pray for Valerie and her husband, this, this marriage under great duress. Uh, I pray for her husband right now, wherever he might be, that you would arrest him, Lord, like his mind, his heart, his emotions, bring to remembrance his love for his wife and the commitment that he made in front of you and witnesses. I pray, Father, that truly, you know, marriage is such a challenge. Uh, it, it, it requires so much work uh, on our parts, and, and we go through the different seasons of hurt and pain and forgiveness and fear and anxiety and anger and I just pray, God, and agree with you according to your will that you would uh, strengthen Valerie as she waits, as she clings to hope, and that you would restore this marriage in such a way that it would even be better than it's ever been before. We pray that in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Love you. Bye. Okay, sister. Bye-bye. Yeah, I pray for all. I, I would extend that prayer out to all marriages listening. You know, it's um, we, we do go through seasons up and down, left and right, and some are harder. I, I know that Marie and I are married today, 32 years by the grace of God. Uh, we've certainly had our seasons, had our challenges. We've had, you know, time married together uh, when we weren't saved. Uh, and then the early days of New Believer and the big legalistic trip that I was on in the beginning and and just, uh, you know, Marie's um, own uh, areas of her walk with the Lord, just it's, it's, it has, and then, and then of course, eight years ago, almost nine years now, great trial and tragedy, trauma entering in with the loss of our son. And, and, you know, I've taught through as in our church, as we address pain, you know, trials and tribulations, they reveal what's inside of us. They don't create what's inside of us. And that principle was first introduced to me through uh, John Corson, but quite a few other commentators make it as well. Like it's, we, we often think that trials make a man, but they really reveal the man. They reveal the woman. And that's what Jesus taught. So it's not even really a, a John Corson thing. That's what Jesus taught us. If you'll remember back in Matthew's gospel and, and I have been enjoying personally, by the way, um, just a simple reading of the Sermon on the Mount, um, allowing the simple teachings of Jesus at the beginning of his ministry minister to my heart. But remember how he ended? Remember how he ended uh, the Sermon on the Mount he, he had in verse 24 of Matthew 7. He said, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. So there's a piece of that insight that Jesus gives us that the foundation and the stability of a house was revealed by the storms. It, it seems in this illustration, Jesus teaches us that they went through the same storms and one house fell and one house stayed strong. Why? Because of the foundation, what was built uh, and the, the the significance of how they built, the storms revealed it. Um, so... 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000 is the number, taking your calls and your questions. Looks like we're going to head out to New Mexico, Clovis, New Mexico. Robert on line three, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor, and God bless you. I, I have a question that I just find strange. Um, Matthew... Okay. 27, it starts in 51 but I'll, yes. through 53, but the, my question is, okay, I'll, I'll go with 52. There's, there's the veil okay. split, the earthquake, okay, 51. Yes. And then 52, the I'm reading the New King James, and the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised, and coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. Now, there's yes. a number of questions I could ask you, uh, okay. but how many resurrections are there? I mean, I, I, that that's one. And then what was that like, what, what I just read? <laughs> I mean, were they zombies? Were they were they glorified bodies? What was going on there? Help out. No, that's a great question. So the, the when, it, when it comes to resurrection and resuscitation, like when you think of it that way, 
when you think of using the word resurrection theologically, there are there is the resurrection of the living and the dead. Okay, and that's unto eternal life or unto eternal separation. When you think of resurrection in terms of what you're reading here, it's more of a resuscitation because they're going to die again. So it is an it is a what would you call it a um, interruption of the norm, like a supernatural interruption of the norm, because the Bible says it's appointed once for a man to die and then the judgment. But there are exceptions to that, you know. And, and so to answer your next question, what were they like, like zombies? Well, we have insight on that. Because remember, we have other examples of people being raised from the dead. And I think the most notable example would be the man by the name of Lazarus. Lazarus was buried in his grave clothes, and Jesus brought him back to life, of, of course, to die again, right? So they, he didn't have a glorified body. He had a, a miraculously revived body. He had to, he was in the, what was he in the tomb, in his in his grave four days, I think. Um, and he had to take off his grave clothes and perhaps take a shower. Maybe maybe even the miracle removed the smell uh, and, and allowed the body to be used in such a way uh, that it was prior to death. But anyone that is, anyone that's mentioned that's been given new life, um, throughout the scriptures will die again for an eternal um, judgment. That's when the glorified bodies come later. I don't think these guys had, I think they had their bodies. It must have been a trip. Um, you know, I think it must have been um, it, very similar If for Lazarus. It's very similar. And I mean, very similar, obviously not the same. But what about the kid, that, uh, the kid that was born blind? You know, how do you think people were thinking when he walks around seeing uh, and communicating, or the man that had the withered hand all those years, or um, Peter and John at the gate, beautiful, you know, these miraculous events uh, would startle, they would shock, they would bring uh, disdain and anger. And it was it was a clear demonstration of God's presence on the earth uh, and his ability to do whatever he wants, whenever he wants have that happening now pastor if i may ask you that i didn't hear the rest i didn't hear that would you say but, um I'm, my curiosity is if you have the time to answer it i don't want to take up a bunch of your time That's but okay. uh-huh. why don't we have miracles like that happening now i hear stuff i see it on tv third world sure. but tv you know it's tv internet why don't why don't i see something or you see something like that today you know lazarus come forth why don't we? Yeah, that's that a great today? question. Um, I I think that I think that first of all, the way we read the Bible, and so I'm talking out loud here, and you can agree or disagree, but let, let me throw a few ideas out here. Number one, the way we read the Bible, we read it in such a way like this is normal occurrences. Uh, for example, we're teaching in the Book of Acts right now. A lot of uh, charismatic Pentecostal type of faith healer Benny Hinn types will come back to the book of Acts and say, look, 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 this is normative. This is what the early church experienced all the time. Look, page one, page two, chapter three, chapter four. Um, but what they fail to, what they fail to allow the Bible to do is to pull back the context of these miraculous, the purpose of these miraculous things that in the book of Acts, you have about 30, you have about 30 miraculous occurrences that take place 
um, over the course of about 30 years of recorded history. That's what Acts covers. So it's not like it's happening all the time, every moment, every day. But we've conditioned ourselves to, to that where um, in some ways we've conditioned ourselves to say we expect this radical supernatural stuff. What what you find more in the Bible is the mundane and the normal and the everyday life and the grind and the faithfulness of God and the sovereignty of God. That's far more in our existence than the miraculous, number one. Number two, uh, it, it there there probably is, uh, again, I haven't seen anybody um, risen from the dead, but uh, man, I begged for my son to wake up from a coma. I, w- I even prayed that my son would come back after they after they pronounced him uh, as dead, and it didn't happen. Um, but I prayed, believing it. Um, I prayed, asking God for it, and then I had to come back to say, "Well, God, this was God's will. All the decisions made against Him, and all the things that that happened there, we we receive it as God's will, even if we don't like it." But I believed it could happen. I mean, when we had 24-hour prayer watch, my faith was just as strong to see it. But I have to say, Western culture that you and I have grown up in is very logical, very rational, very reasonable. And I wonder how many times we rationally, reasonably um, explain God out of the picture and explain God out of the, um, the fact that he does the miraculous. And I think another thought... Why don't we see these things? You know, another thought that comes to mind is we do see the miraculous in a whole different way. You know, we see we see people radically saved. I mean, I don't know what your salvation story is, but, you know, 32 years or 30 years ago or so, like I was born again and it was it was truly a supernatural work of God. So you see that more often in the scriptures as well. But, um, you know, another thought and maybe you have some to add, but another thought I have is. You know, the, the reality of how people cling to signs and wonders, they cling to supernatural instead of just living out their life by faith. Uh, and perhaps God in this, um, in this uh, time period, uh, he's doing a different work with less supernatural um, than what you see in the Bible. But it's, it's not as much as it seems. And of course, this is directly related to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So it's a unique event. It's not normative. And I think we make a lot of things in the Bible normative when they had a very specific purpose, um, you know, surrounding the veil of the temple. You know, with the veil of the temple torn, all the supernatural things surrounded uh, the death and resur- uh, burial and resurrection of Jesus. This was a very unique, never repeated in, even in the Bible again event. Mm, agreed. And, and, and Pastor, I thank you for all of that. You spent a lot of time answering a bunch of stuff I said. But, yeah, I've seen some what I would could—salvation, like you said, is a supernatural event in and of itself. I've seen some people get saved, and the Lord, you know, let me have a hand in it, even if I was just driving the car to church. But I, I saw stuff happen. It's like this guy was a God-hater, and now he's a true believer. I've watched him get baptized, and now he doesn't cuss anymore, doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, blah, 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 blah. I've seen that stuff happen, and um, to me, you are correct. That's modern day miracle, and and I'll leave yeah. it at that. That that kind of thing is modern day miracle. Yeah, that's good stuff. Well, thanks for calling. Bless you guys in uh, New Mexico. Yeah, God bless you. All right, bye bye. All right, three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Great text question comes in. This is like the 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 uh, question of the day. Ed, I want to know your thoughts on the government vaccine mandates. As a Christian, should you have the right to choose or government have the ability to mandate 
And what do you think of the, about the Supreme Court decision today? Well, let's let's posture this um, this question not in Christian, non-Christian, just humanity. Um, what, what kind of decision do we make as human beings, and what kind of freedom do we have? Um, so let's just say, regardless of the regardless of the government, United States of America, Spain, Austria, regardless of the government, it's your choice whether you want to take the vaccine or not. Um, it's your choice. It's a medical decision. That's what it is. You should sit down with your doctor, get counsel from your doctor, and then make up your mind. Here's what I found with Christians, though. What I found with Christians and people in general, but mostly Christians, like you, you, you have to understand that the freedom to make a decision comes with consequences. Um, whether the consequences are good or bad, whether they're fair or not, I mean, so much in life is unfair. But if you make a decision not to take the vaccine, then just be willing to pay the price. And then as you say, well, I can't believe it. It's not, it's not fair. I know there's a lot of things in life that aren't fair. Um, and we need to live that out um, of unfairness. And for the Supreme Court today, um, you know, the Supreme Court leaned in a conservative direction the way that it is conservative. They're, the Supreme Court won't be conservative forever, uh, though though it, it goes back and forth, right, the way it intended. And unfortunately, you know, everything in our country seems to be political, uh, and so it was a political decision today. It was, I think it was a 6-3 decision. Um, I'm always grateful for more freedom, but I think that for believers, you know, more freedom doesn't mean you want anything. It means you have more responsibility, right? To how much is given, much is required. So I actually think the vaccine question is a red herring. Um, I think, in you know, it's a logical fallacy. It's a red herring. The, the reality is, is what will you do with the life that God has given you? That's the real question. And I just taught a Bible study here um, at Calvary. It was a 2022 message. And I taught, I would encourage you to listen to it and receive it. And I asked the question, are you going to be a troublemaker or a peacemaker? You know, because our citizenship is in heaven first. And I think that you can come to the conclusions that's fair, it's unfair, that political party, this political party. But what did Jesus say? Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. And... I make I try it again even as I speak for myself um definitely not a perfect Christian or without sin or anything but I do know this I want to make my decisions based upon my relationship with Jesus Christ first and and when it comes to vaccines I need to remember why I was put on the planet I need to remember uh, what God wants to do with my life. I need to pray and have a peace with the decision that I make. It's not my decision. You know, we we in our country as well have defined freedom like individually, individuality. Um, we, we've defined freedom by a document known as the Constitution. But freedom predates our country, our documents, our individuality, even studying through the book of Genesis. Our freedom is tied to our Creator. You know, especially those that are born again, because those of us that have born again have surrendered our rights to Jesus Christ. We have surrendered our rights. We are to die to ourselves, live to Christ. And I think the more that we talk about this, the less useful we are for the kingdom. I say, make the decision and then go serve the Lord. So you say, well, Ed, I don't want to get it. I think it's government overreach. Okay. Make the decision and don't talk about it again. Go out and serve the Lord. Go out and minister the gospel. Yeah, but you don't understand it. I'm going to lose my job. That's part of your decision. You decided, and now that's... But it's not fair. I know it's not fair. 
So much in life is not fair, and I need to take my hurts and pains and unfairness to the Lord for him to comfort me and encourage me and strengthen me. And um, Is there room for you to be politically active? Of course, if that's what God's called you to do. If there's room for you to, to, to step into those realms, do it in the name of Jesus Christ, but not in the name of individual freedom, because you have it. You can say yes or no. Even if they threw you in jail, even if they cut your head off, you still have the freedom. Um, and you have that decision to make and just make it based upon your walk with the Lord first, right? If you want to follow Jesus, then you, if you, if you say I'm following Jesus, then you are saying I'm dying to myself daily. I'm taking up my cross and Jesus is the one leading me. And so pray, let Jesus lead you, make the decision and let's go forward with the gospel. So important. All right. You hear the music. We'll be right back. This is Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the second half of our program. Shout out to everyone listening on the Radio by Grace Network. You're listening live, everyone here on Grace FM, up and down what we call the front range here in Colorado, up into Wyoming and south down into the northern parts of Pueblo West. Uh, welcome. You're listening live. If you're online or at gracefm.com, you're listening live. You're on our our webs, our app, you're listening live. And those of you on Hope FM and Truth FM, you're listening one way, one day delayed, but or one week delayed, I should say. But don't let that stop you. As you're listening to the program, you can call while the program airs and you will talk. If Unless we're playing an encore, which holidays and such, we do that. But you will talk to a live um, person and you'll get your question answered live, just like you're on the phone with us. And then next week, you'll be able on Hope FM and Truth FM to listen to yourself on the air. And I think that's pretty cool. Uh, actually, a kind of an added bonus. Um, but for the Radio by Grace, you guys on Grace FM, you are live and we're taking your calls because phone lines are full. We're going to head over to Jenkintown, Pennsylvania. Betty Jane, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, thank you. So I'm calling you because I'm calling and asking for prayer. Um, okay. I um, work as a hospice registered nurse, and I work with patients, as you know, who are dying. And I have um, a special request for Emma, uh, for Mary Ellen, um, for and and Bill, for all my patients, not just to um, die peacefully and comfortably, but allow me the honor and opportunity to witness to them uh, about Jesus. And so, um, it's really hard for me to see them uh, not knowing Jesus and not knowing eternal life. So I need prayer for especially for these people and. Uh, I thank you for that. All right, let's let's pray. Father, we pray, God, that uh, first of all, I, I'm very grateful, God, that you put Betty Jane in the position with her giftings, that, that heart of mercy and care and concern. You put her in the exact place where she belongs with great love and mercy for, for patients like Emma and Mary Ellen and Bill and, and so many others, all the extended family. Um, I, I pray that you would continue to use her 
continue to strengthen her and help her as she ministers to them and serves them in the capacity of her position. She is a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you have her just where you want her. But I do ask God for that supernatural strength. Even today I was reading, Lord, that you would baptize her afresh in the power of your Holy Spirit, that she would have a supernatural power that's beyond her own, beyond her training, beyond her experience. Like I think of uh, uh, what Zerubbabel learned in in your word, God, um, not by might and not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. So I pray for a fresh anointing of your spirit upon Betty Jane, and I pray for these precious patients, and I pray for their salvation, God, that they would have a security of knowing their eternity, which they'll be entering into very shortly in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And also what I would like to share with you is that um, I had had the honor of uh, finding a patient having passed away that was very ready to pass away, but um, it was really magnificent because he uh, is born again. He knows Jesus. He knew Jesus before he died. His, His wife said to him before she left, just a few minutes before I arrived, you know, go to Jesus. Uh, you're ready. Go ahead. And yeah. so when I got there, he had the most beautiful look on his face. He was seeing something and present in something that was just beyond our imagination. And so he had a beautiful face, peaceful, joyful, and he had um, a twinkle around his eyes, and his eyes were uh-huh. shut. So I just wanted to say that to all Christians and, you know, born-again believers that we we have just a wonderful place waiting for us. And I'm so excited yeah. to be able to share that information with you. So, so good. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So thank bu- you. So- bye-bye. Bye-bye now. All right, 303-690-3000. That is encouraging. Hospice ministry, we have quite a few hospice nurses in our church as well. It's a very challenging ministry, but I found that those with great, you know, huge hearts of mercy. There is a spiritual gift in Romans chapter 12, the gift of mercy. And many people in the pastoral ministry, many people in counseling, nurses, doctors, paramedics, that, you know, uh, physical therapists, that, that, that community truly is filled with men and women with the gift of mercy as their primary gifting. So thank you. You know, so God in his infinite wisdom knows exactly where uh, we belong and where he wants us to operate in his kingdom. So it's so good. All right, let's uh, head over to New Jersey now. Elaine is on the air. Elaine, welcome to the program. Elaine, are you with us? Well, Elaine wanted me to pray because her daughter won't speak to her anymore and she can't see her granddaughter. It's like mourning every single day. Uh, It is, isn't it, Elaine? Uh, She wanted advice on reconciliation. Well, for those of you that are also on the other end of um, just really difficult, hard decisions from uh, daughters or sons or daughters-in-law, sons-in-laws, that you're unable to see your grandchildren or even your children, I wrote a I I wrote a, a blog a piece on my website edtaylor.org. You can email me, I'll send you the link to it. You can just go to the website and search for grandson, I think, grandchildren, grandchild. I forget what it is. But it is an article from a book that uh it's an excerpt from a book 
that was written by, um, oh my, I can't remember her name now, um, the missionary's wife, uh, that missionary's wife that was Ed Taylor, I can't remember her name, um, but email me, we'll figure it out, she wrote a great little article, uh, I reposted it, it's there, it's very hard, I think you need to walk in forgiveness, um, I think if the person was yielded to the Spirit and not listening to bad advice, they would want their grandchildren, their their, their son, to be a part of their grandparents' life. Um, and it's just uh, Elizabeth Elliot. Thank you. Um, and it's just rank sin. You can't. It doesn't. It there's no other way that you can, unless there's you know some something where uh, you're protecting a child from molestation or something, which is is sometimes the case but most of 99% of the time that's not it at all it's just wicked evilness that's that's all it really is it can't be justified in the word it can't be justified in the heart it's not even you know not even um it's one of those sins sometimes where you say well it's not even named among unbelievers even unbelievers um let them their in-laws see their and not just see them like visit them like they're in prison, but like a real bona fide relationship. And, and so it is morning every day, but the Lord is comforting and the Lord heals. And, you know, you just pray for your grandchild, um, write notes to them, you know, maybe get a box and fill it with all kinds of wonderful things for the day that they will want to see. Um, even as they've been indoctrinated and, you know, even in all that, there'll be a day, there'll be a day and the Lord will be there in the midst but let your joy be not in your relationships. Let your joy be in the Lord. Trust in him. And go to my website, edtaylor.org, edtaylor.org. Uh, and there is an article up there by Elizabeth Elliott. Super, super good. So, Father, I pray for Elaine in New Jersey, and I know many others that are unable to see their children or their grandchildren. And it is a daily pain, some days worse than others. But I do remember talking to this sister in our church that they... Uh, we've been praying, and, and she gave me this update that there was some progress. And we say, yes, yes, we take, we thank you for the progress, for the changed hearts. We recognize and acknowledge to you, we can't change hearts. Only by your Spirit can a heart change. Uh, only by your Spirit can repentance take place. And so we just yield to you, Lord. We trust you with our lives, and we know um, it, you, you will work all things together for the good for those that love you and those that are called according to your purpose. We trust you in that way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Great. Thanks for texting me the name. Bless you. Uh, let's see what we have here. We're going to go now to Pennsylvania. Uh, Alexander, welcome to the program. Alexander, how are you? Oh, we, we lost you. Uh, you talked about uh, your question was real general in the sense of Christ didn't destroy the law but fulfill it. What does it mean? It means he is the only one that never sinned. He is the absolute fulfillment of the law's requirements. It, it would be, uh, I, I know it's a simple illustration, but it would be like a perfect driver, never speeding. He fulfilled the law. And now if you're in his car, you get in his car, you get to enjoy his fulfillment. He's perfect. He'll never speed. You'll never get in trouble. You'll always be in the right place. You, everything about being with him or her, you know, the perfect driver, him or her, everything being in their car gives you all the benefits of what they have. 
And I know it's not a one-to-one illustration, but think of it. Jesus fulfilled the requirements of the law. The requirements of the law in general, if you had to summarize it, was perfection. So now when you get in Jesus, when you are with him, you enjoy his perfection. And to the statement that your friend saying the church is Israel, the church is not Israel, uh, never will be, um, never was. It's a distinct entity that is made up of descendants of Israel and Gentiles. So the, what we would call today Jews and Gentiles. When a Jew places their faith in Messiah, they become a part of the church. They don't lose their identity nationally. They gain an identity. They, they are new creations in Christ. Um, but their ethnic identity remains the same. They're still they get a double blessing, and we get a double blessing. Why? Because for the Gentile, they get saved. They become a part of, the, and we get grafted in. So it's a mutual benefit, no matter what. All right, let's stick to Pennsylvania now. Bill in Mannheim, Pennsylvania, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you, Ed. Uh, so I have a a question. This came up in a discussion the other day. Whether okay. Uh, we as human beings are a body and a soul, or a body, a soul, and a spirit. And uh, I had always thought that we were a body, soul, and a spirit, because uh, in creation, uh, God created animals with a soul. But uh, they, you know, they do everything by instinct. They don't; they're not really self-aware or have much of an intellect. Yeah, they're a different class of creation for sure. Right. Yep. So are, I, I agree. Have... I, I agree. I think. I think we're trichotomies. I think we're body, soul, and spirit. And I think the Bible uh, uses that terminology. Like we're not just making it up. It says in First Thessalonians chapter five, verse twenty-three. Um, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole body, excuse me, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord. Um, that's where I fall. I know there's, I know there are those that disagree, but uh, you know, it's, I just try to stick to what the Bible says and it's hard to explain away first, first Thessalonians chapter five. <laughs> okay. Um, so once we become uh, born again, and uh, the Spirit comes to dwell within us, yes, uh, does it dwell in our uh, our intellect then, and 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 influences our uh, our choices? Yeah, I think when you when you think of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I think of it, it takes the totality of your life. So I think it's going to invade your spirit, soul, and body. I think you're going to live out. There'll be times when the Holy Spirit moves upon your emotions. There'll be times when the Holy Spirit moves upon your actions, your thought process. Um, how, you know, that's kind of a mystery, right? Because we're not really explained how, except that the Holy Spirit comes and seals us. You know, what does that look like? Using the terminology of sealing, you know, because a sealing is again thinking of a seal of a letter of authority but also thinking of sealing in the terms of a guarantee for the future uh, a sealing to keep things secure like it's they're beautiful descriptions and metaphors used and the fact that the holy spirit dwells in us 
you know, is metaphoric language describing some kind of control when we yield to him in our lives. Yeah, and I guess it even affects our body, too, as it did in the case of Samson. Yes, yes. you bet. I think... I think there it's it's a I think what what we're what we're thinking through as we process this is just the reality of how God um wants to help us yield ourselves to his spirit. Um that's really what it amounts to. Like we we are new creations now and we're to live that way and I think that there is an evidence because uh, I really don't know for sure. I mean, that's I'm sure theologians have spent their whole life um, debating these things. Um, and I, I'm glad I wasn't born into that genre. I don't want to debate things my whole life. I want to live them and, and make room for, okay, let's say you and I are talking You go, what? I have a different point of view. All right, brother. Um, when we get into the presence of Jesus, then we'll both have the same view when we get there. Um, so let's just look to heaven. And right now we might have different views, but it's, really a non-essential unless you're dismissing, you know, the essentials of Christ and his sacrifice, which you're not, and I'm and not you in particular, but just anybody. But, you know, I'm grateful. There are people that, you know, have written books. I'm sitting here in front of a library and these guys have spent their whole life. I appreciate them. I just wasn't born into that realm. I'm, I was born into a different realm. I live my walk in a different way and I appreciate it. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Well, bless you. Thanks for calling. God bless you out there in Pennsylvania. Thank you. You too. All righty. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Got a text question. Uh, first of all, the person asking about the vaccine said, thank you. Uh, and then I just got a follow-up. It said, I didn't take the vaccine because it's made with aborted fetal cells that were used in the development. Uh, and if you go to the pharmaceutical web- websites, they'll they'll tell you that. And you're right. And I appreciate that because that is a personal conviction And as you think that through, remember that the vaccines are not the only medications that use those strain after strain after strain after strain. And and I appreciate you putting in in your text that it doesn't contain the cells. They're used in testing. But then you also, as Christians, we want to be consistent, right? So you need the, the same fetal, the same strain of fetal cells was used to develop Tylenol, Pepto-Bismol, Aspirin, Tums, Lipitor, Senecot, Motrin, Ibuprofen, Maalox, Exlax, Benadryl, Sudafed, Albuterol, Preparation H, MMR vaccine, Claritin, Zoloft, Prilosec, OTC, and Erythromycin, and many, many others. But those are the popular ones. And and so it's important that we just stay consistent um, and with the same thinking, right? So no more Tylenol, no more Ibuprofen, uh, no more... Um, I mean, Pepto, on and on the list goes. And, and that's where I think that the Christians really lose our witness with the watching world because we got this mandate and I won't do it because it has this. And I say, yes, I support you. I support you in your decision. But please be consistent. You have to be consistent or you'll lose your witness with the watching world. Um, and then you make your decision and you move forward. And I support that decision. I understand the thinking. I have... Uh, friends that have made a very similar decision based on the information that you have. Um, and you're right, this strain of, of fetal cells has been used. And um, it, it again, you said it correctly, this strain of fetal cells is not in the vaccine. 
Um, but also in the testing, these are clones of clones of clones of stem cells that are not present in the vaccine. But even so, right? Like, who cares? Abortion is sin. It's horrible. And we want to stand up for life. And so making that, again, just, just medicines like Tylenol, aspirin, Motrin, ibuprofen, a lot of the painkillers, a lot of the opioids have been using this. Um, it is a common strain. I don't know why. It's not my realm. But um, it, it is your decision. And I say, yes, I support it. And then you move forward. And you stand strong for the thing, the convictions that the Lord has given you. And the Lord is faithful. And uh, he loves you. And you're going to live in such a way that you're going to make an impact uh, for Jesus Christ. So I'm great. Made um, and encouraged in the Lord. Love it, love it, love it. All right, Willie uh, in Dublin, Georgia. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank You're welcome. You. You're on the air. Oh, I have a question. The question that I had was, uh, it was in Second Peter where I seen it. Uh, one day it's like a thousand years, with, uh, and a thousand years it's like one day. And yes. I was just trying to get some insight on that. Yeah, it's it's comparative language. Uh, so we're, so what the Bible's not saying is that one twenty four hour day equals a thousand years um, to God. What 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 the Bible is teaching is that God is in a different time frame. He's using illustrative language to talk about um, the reality of God being outside of time. It's just different for Him. Um, it, he has a broader scope of of understanding. Uh, so let me read it to you because there's a context to it as well. Um, I just taught this not too long ago um, in our study there in Peter. And let's see, Second Peter chapter 3, he's talking about um, the return of the Lord. He's talking about, in uh, Peter is, um, about the... Um, return of Jesus, the promise of his coming, why it seems like it's lasting forever. They forget uh, about the creative power of God, that the heavens and earth are preserved. And then he says, but, and also don't forget this, that with the Lord, one day is like a thousand years. And he uses the word as, and a thousand years as, so it's comparative. Uh, it, it is a simile. It's not, um, it's metaphoric language. It's not an exact exchange. But then he says, now the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slack, but he's long-suffering. He's not willing that any should perish. So the context for Peter is like, hey, look, time frame, the time frame of God when it comes to salvation, it, it feels like a long time, but for God, it's not that long at all. Um, and it might feel like a long time for you, but he's on a different time frame. He sees things differently. And that's really the essence of what Peter's teaching. Don't give up on those that you're praying for. Uh, be God is long-suffering. He's patient on a different timetable than you are. Don't forget that. That's really what yes. Peter's saying there. Yes. yes. That helps a lot. Thank you. You're welcome. Bless you. Uh, God is outside our time. That's what you I, I heard you say yes. before. But that's okay. I got it now. Yeah, that's good. And, you know, one of the ways to handle these kind of questions, too, that is just kind of go a couple verses ahead and go a couple verses after and see what the big point is. Like, what is the big thing? And and what the big thing was is, man, Jesus could come at any time. It ha It's all this time and it hasn't happened yet. And then he's go, well, wait a minute. You know, don't forget, he's the creator. He's the creator of time. 
Um, he's long-suffering. He, he's not willing any should perish. Time from God's perspective is different than time from our perspective. That's really what the essence, and you get that as you kind of go back and forth on uh, the context of that statement. If you keep praying like we're doing. Uh, That's right. Like Till he comes. I love ones. Thank you so much. Pastor. You're welcome. Bless you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. What do we have here? Holy day is the Sabbath. Can you explain? please explain how we keep it and what day is it? Well, from a from an old covenant perspective, the Sabbath day is Saturday. Uh, the Jews ex, um, express that now, uh, sundown Friday to sundown Saturday, first star. I forget which um, which um, star they look for, but the first star that comes out. Um, Sabbath was to be the day of rest, and it was to commemorate an, a place of faith in God. It's to be kept in the Old Covenant so that six days you would work, seventh day, this, um, you would rest on the seventh day, just like in the creative order, and you would then live uh, a life that is pleasing to him. The Sabbath never changed. It's always Saturday, even though now when you come into the new covenant, uh, you see it also became a day of worship. Uh, it predated the synagogue. It was never intended to be a day where you just go to church or you just go to synagogue. It is a day to commemorate the creative order of God and the rest that he took in creation, the way that we were made, right? So uh, it became now the day of worship, and it's not. How do we keep the day? Well, the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is our Sabbath. He is the rest that we have been wanting and needing, and when you have faith in Jesus Christ, you now keep the Sabbath spiritually unto God. Because he fulfills it. And you could keep the Sabbath as a day of rest. It's not a day of worship. It, it predated the day of worship. Um, we were to keep this day holy and consecrated to the Lord. It doesn't mean you get in a car and drive to a church, although um, that could be part of it. But it's a day of rest. It's a day to, to pray. It's a day to remember God. Uh, and today in the new covenant, we keep uh, the Sabbath by faith in Jesus Christ. So I would encourage you, uh, I, I did a Bible study on this. Uh, if you go to our website or download our free app, Calvary, just put my name, Ed Taylor, in the search bar. Download our church app from Calvary Church in Aurora. Just put the word Sabbath in the search and you can listen. I did a full study. This is such a common question that, and an important one, I wanted to answer it. Um, and, you know, Romans 14 really talks about worshiping God on any day, right? You can, any day. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000 is the number. We got open lines. Would love to, um, love to hear from you. Uh, we're almost done with the show. So, um, I know that, uh, you are, encouraged in the Lord. I was thinking sometimes you have to do two or three things at the same time. So your mind gets caught up. So excuse me, but you're encouraged in the Lord as you listen to Christian radio. I'm encouraged. Uh, even as our friend, Pastor Ray Bentley went home to be with the Lord. Um, you know, Ray was, Pastor Ray was one of the first people I ever heard on Christian radio as a new believer. 
Um, radio, Christian radio is very important to me, uh, important to our church. Our church here is all in. And I just want to remind you, everyone listening to this on a station, you are listening to a church-owned radio station. And what that means is we need your financial support. We're a church, not a radio company, not a corporation. And you can support the radio station you're listening to right now by going to their website uh, and giving. And so whatever station you're listening to, um, get, you know, give. Please do it. Do it as under the Lord. Um, here in Colorado, give to gracefm.com. You can actually become a Grace Partner uh, and give. But I don't want you, if you're listening in Philadelphia, I want you to support Hope FM or Radio by Grace, wherever wherever you're listening. I want you to support your local station because we're all in this together. Uh, and every station needs support. We're just churches. Um, but we're committed to radio. We are absolutely 100% committed to worship in the Word. And I want to thank you uh, as we head off. We're going to be in services this weekend, Saturday night and Sunday morning. Go to our website, calvaryco.church, for more info. But we'd love to have you be a part of the church here. But we're grateful. I think we had one of our largest uh, giving years for Grace FM last year, 2021. So I just want to thank you guys for that. We're still knocking on doors, expanding Grace FM here in Colorado, uh, down in Canyon City. So pray for us. Uh, We've been knocking on doors, and we're going to continue to knock on doors until the Lord opens them. Um, and so pray for us. Pray for the station you're listening to, the Radio by Grace Network, Hope FM Network, uh, Truth FM Network, Higher Rock Radio. Man, we're so grateful to be a small part of the huge work God's doing in your life. So go to our website, calvaryco.church. We'll see you this weekend. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.